Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check, but either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. fresh. goddammit, we fresh. Welcome to the Fresh the Word Podcast, the podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I'm your host, Kay Fresh, and we have a great show, like always, for you. But before we get into the show, just want to remind you of a few things. If you want to support the podcast, you can always go to freshatthepodcast.com and share any of the links on there on any of your social media. And also, you can click on the support the podcast link at the top of the page, and there's a PayPal link that you can donate to. There's also an Amazon link that you can use anytime you want to make any purchases off Amazon. It'll shoot back a little commission my way. You can also follow Fresh the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh of the Word One. That's Fresh of the Word, then the number one. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh the Podcast. And you can also subscribe to Fresh of the Word on all of the streaming platforms, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Go to any of those, type in Fresh of the Word, and the podcast will come up. You can hit the subscribe button, give us a comment, give us a rating, five stars would be great, and that would help out the podcast so much. This week's guests are Alexa and Dane from the Los Angeles-based alternative pop duo air sound i just gotta say i love air sound i ever since uh, i got a press release for their first ep merge i just been in love with their music everything about them just their look their sound their voices it's very just it's soothing it's emotional and i got to talk to them about it all they're very cool uh, they have a new set of three, three volumes 
of an EP called Layers. They did a whole collection, and each volume signifies a different sort of emotion. So they broke it up into three volumes. So we talk about why and break down other videos that they have for each of the volumes. So it was great to talk with them. And then afterwards, like always, I'll be joined with my co-host, B-Styles, and we'll talk about what's going on in the world of pro wrestling, MMA, and probably a little bit of music. So let's get to the interview with Dane and Alexa from Airsound. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to do this interview. Yeah, yeah of thank course. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, from the first time that I've uh, I heard Air Sound uh, before the Merge EP came out, I was like, "Yo, this is this is dope." I love I love this duo. I love it. <laughs> thank that's you. Awesome. Yeah, that's thank awesome. You. <laughs> um, how did you two originally meet? Oh gosh, it goes back kind of far now. I'm losing track of the years. Um, Alexa <laughs> and I, yeah, Alexa and I met. Uh, oh God, I want to say like five, if not more Alexa, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but we met through a mutual friend. I've, I've uh, grown up in California my whole life and her in New York. And uh, we were just introduced through a mutual friend kind of pretty much over the internet. Uh, this person kind of knew, you know, we're both into music and in similar positions on different coasts and just thought we would kind of appreciate what each other was doing. So we were introduced and uh, this person was correct. <laughs> we definitely were kind of into each other's music and just always kind of found common ground in music in general. And we kind of talk about that uh, back and forth and yeah, until, uh, we, until we collapsed pretty much. Yeah, we were like friends of each other's, I mean, fans of each other's music um, from across the country. <laughs> and then when it came time for there to be an opportunity for us to collaborate, I actually shot a music video for his band at the time. And then things just kind of progressed from there. Yeah. It's a, that's a long story short for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both, of, uh, both of your voices are, like, they're so unique to me. Like, I love, I love the way both of you guys sound on record. They're both, like, so, like, sort of soothing when I listen to the music. And they work well. <laughs> they work so well together as you guys duel back and forth on your songs. You know, were you guys surprised... <laughs> at first on how, you know, well each of you guys were able to work together and how well it sounded? Mm. I wasn't too surprised, per se. I, I mean, I guess it was just like, uh, separately, we both were obviously like doing our own things, uh, yeah. both singing in bands and whatnot, and we both liked what the other was doing, but it's definitely like kind of, uh, it was. it took a moment for us to, to actually sing together but when we did it was definitely just like so natural and easy like it just felt like okay yeah this is this is correct <laughs> this is very yeah. right yeah i'd agree it's just like you know there's learning curves with anything but um you know we we pushed through ours you know because we had a lot of goals of what we were trying to write but once we got there it just really did feel natural so yeah it definitely felt natural you know, looking back to your previous music endeavors, you know, what is it about this project that makes it so special to you guys? The one-on-one-ness for me, I think it's, you know, yeah. to, to have two people who generally see eye-to-eye on so many things and, and that main thing being music and all we put into it. So it's just nice to have literally just her and I bounce each other bounce ideas off each other and it's just a good way to communicate I think yeah I think in our other bands it's been like a lot of members and stuff like that a lot of people and with this it was basically just 
down, came down to me and Dane, and that's it, just the two of us. So that was mm-hmm. definitely a more like uh, intimate writing experience, which was yeah. kind of different than what both of us were used to. And I think with that, it just became really easy to like go all in and and put like both of us everything we had to offer together. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, when you uh, when this when hair sound you know, finally started to, you know, feel natural to you guys, uh, once you got through like the sort of learning curve, you know, what were sort, yeah. of, sort of like the goals of this project? You know, what did you want to, you know, what, what do you want to result from it? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, you know, for lack of like, you know, genre names and all that stuff, it's like, we just love music so much and just listen to so many different things, you know, it's like, we just really ultimately were like, we just want to try and make what we like the best kind of music like we can, just whatever we would like, whatever we can do to mix all the things we love and just create something that is kind of its own thing that, you know, just our favorite type of music, whatever we could do to make that. I think that was a, a main goal. But. I mean, definitely being able to just uh, not be confined by a specific genre of music when we went yeah. to write. I mean, that was the biggest goal, just to be like, okay, what do we want this project to sound like? Well, yeah. we sat down and we're like, well, I listened to so many different things that I, I, I mean, and we both get into so many different moods that how can we write the same kind of song like over and over? That's really not like, right. I didn't feel like the right way to go about things. So I think our like biggest goal was A, to write music that was emotionally um, what we kind of needed to, to write, but at the same time making something that um, was kind of genreless, I guess. Just whatever we felt like making, we want we make, and that's the way we're going to go about it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's the one thing I did notice from the, from the jump and definitely with uh, the new uh, Layers EP collection was that it kind of went a little bit everywhere. You guys kind of swim through a lot of different influences but at the same time it all kind of worked and never was a departure from anything that you ever did you know right right like some of the songs well i guess yeah i guess that's part of the goal now i was just gonna say that's cool to hear so i appreciate that yeah because that's like definitely part of the goal early on is like yes we want to make uh you know it, it be cohesive as well while blending so many things so that's cool yeah, some of the songs could fit in with like modern rap music as much as electronic music and pop music. It all kind of yeah. like, right. is very just so loose, and that's that's what I lo- lo- loved about it. As soon as I heard it, it was like this is very, I, I like it. it's very loose, and it just like it feels fresh, like it's fresh air, you know, the fresh air of music. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we appreciate that a lot. Yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right now you're in the middle of uh, releasing uh, these three-volume, four-song e- uh, four EPs uh, titled Layers. You know, what was sort of the idea mm-hmm. behind this? Well, uh, well, I mean, I feel like it was, it's been like, I guess, two years in the making at this point. Um, yeah. These songs. So, like, in those two years, as life does, things happen and you know, people come and go and you go through conflicts and you meet new people and you can, you know, get into new relationships, fall in love, all this stuff happened over two years. And so uh, as we started to put all the songs into a pile of like, okay, what's our next album going to be? It started to become like pretty clear that we had written three 
different types of songs like sonically so yeah. you know it we we started to like write them out and realize okay let's just separate them into these three categories and originally we thought yeah we'll release an album but then as we like saw the categories like arrive more and more we're like you know what i think this is like three eps because realistically like uh, they they just they did it themselves like they they organized themselves and then we were like we just rolled with it so we went with what the songs wanted <laughs> Yeah, they really did organize themselves, it seemed like, over time. And it's yeah. Like, you know, it, it, we're, we're thinking, you know, we're an independent band. Like, maybe we wouldn't have the opportunity to release it, to release any type of, you know, content in this way of just, like, you know, completely doing it the way we want, like this, just giving all the new music out to the world. And I think it's been kind of cool and uh, fulfilling to do it this way. But, yeah, it just wound up being this mood separation that made most sense. So Right. And then with that, like, we just started to elaborate on, you know, um, artwork and concepts behind like the three EPs and what each one of them kind of means to us and the content of the songs in each EP. Like it's a very much like uh, it all is, it progresses naturally how it did over the past two years, you know, starting with the earlier songs on the first EP and then making their way down to the third one where you can kind of hear like the whole journey of emotions that we go through and we arrive at a place that feels conclusive and good, you know? Yeah. When you kind of put all these three volumes of layers together, what do you think it signifies? Uh, it's definitely, it signifies just the the whole journey, you know, from start to finish. And we definitely want and encourage people to listen to all three EPs in a row because there, it's no accident that they, they go together the way that they do. <laughs> yeah, I think that was definitely a big part of it early on. And we, and we do, you know, we're, we're putting it out the way we are for a reason, you know, sanctioning them off and giving the the mood, the separate moods, like a, a minute to kind of marinate. But, um, you know, we do look at it like a full, you know, record, if you will, or like just a whole piece. Yeah, it's definitely one journey. piece. Right. How would you uh, kind of sort of signify your previous EP, Merge, in context to the three uh, volumes of Layers? Well, I... Good put to step out on. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It was a good put to step out on. I don't know. It's like we we just knew that um, kind of no matter what, you know, we wrote so many songs early on, and like I said about the trial and error, and it's like when we got to the six songs that made up Merge, that that was our, you know, time of, okay, wow, this is, this is what feels natural and feels right. And at the same time, now we're here with the layer stuff, and I feel like we're kind of getting to this point where... You know, the, the goals we had early on are really realizing themselves. And not that Merge didn't do that, but um, we just kind of knew it would be introductory. And, and it felt like a great intro, intro to us. And I just know we're always going to develop. So that's my thought. But. Yeah, I just uh, would Merge, like even titling it Merge was basically to symbolize Dane and I together, like coming yeah. together and starting a new project. and. Him coming mm-hmm. from California, me being from New York, us merging together and creating our first piece of art together. And that's, that will always be, you know, the first thing that we've ever done together as a duo, as Airstown. And that will always be, you know, the root of everything. Oh, yeah. I felt like we, um, in comparison to the music on Layers, in comparison to uh, Merge, like there's a bit of, uh, I mean, a little bit more extroverted in many different ways whether it's emotionally or just energetically, uh, do you feel that there was a difference in that sort of context with this latest uh, material? 
Uh, yes oh. and no. I think Merge was definitely a little bit more subtle when it came to like saying specific things about topics. And with layers, you can definitely hear kind of a filter is taken off with certain things. Um, but I guess I guess when you compare the two, yeah, they're it's a little bit more extroverted in layers. <laughs> yeah, but again, that part that I think we knew that going. Yeah, on, we definitely did. Yeah, especially since the you know the whole mood uh, section off is is you know pretty apparent whether we you know advertise it that way or not. But um, you know it's just kind of meant to take you there, and it, you know th those are the things we're feeling. So we, I think we kind of knew that we wouldn't hold back. Yeah, we our... definitely just decided that there was going to be no filter on the layers, and we wanted to get a little bit more vulnerable with our fans, and so they could kind of just be a little bit more clued in to to us and what we write about. Yeah. Right. On your on the, the on the EP merge, you made videos for each song, and then this time around, uh, for each volume of layers, you have uh, a video for one of the songs. You know, what's the motivation of having this strong visual rep representation for your music? Uh, well, I feel like we. Well, I I do a lot of video stuff in general. Ever since I was a kid, just making you know videos for my family when we would go on vacation or we would have a holiday. I would always have a camera and like kind of make a a little five minute video of the day, and that was always like the, the my fun thing to do. So naturally, like being in a band and making music, uh, I feel like visual is such an important tool to the music. It's almost like, to me, it's just as important as the music itself. It's like the combination yeah. is really important. And we both feel like um, it's almost like a given, like we would like to do as many videos as humanly possible for every song that we write because, <laughs> you know, we, we see these things in our heads as we write and as we listen. So, you know, if I can kind of bring that to life for fans and people that, that are listening, uh, that to me is a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that reminds me of a. Uh, I remember in this one interview, uh, Grimes said that she said something to a point where sometimes she feels like she just makes music just so she can make a video for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we were. That's not exactly sure. how I feel. Right. <laughs> Completely. All right. Let's talk about the newer videos uh, that you've had for uh, for layers. Um, what's the song proud about, and how does the video tell its story? Well. Um, without going into too much specific detail, I mean, it, the Proud is really just about a time where, uh, well, a friend just kind of turned out to be not, a person in our lives turned out to, you know, be not what we thought they were, and I guess you could kind of say, uh, I, we found out the hard way, and it's just really like, you know, taking, taking those specific experiences and, uh, you know, just turning negatives into a positive, I guess, like that, turning, it's just really just looking back on a situation that, that hurt and was negative and, and kind of laughing at it and just moving on in that regard. And, well, I, uh, I think what's interesting is that at the time when we wrote the song, maybe our feelings were a little bit more fresh with, like, the hurt feeling. And so, obviously, the, the lyrics speak for themselves. We were, we we're pretty upset, you know, like, pissed off. And then uh, as time went on and it came time to do a music video, it felt like so old at that point that, you know, how can, we make, how can we make a music video that feels how we feel now? And then that's why we decided to go kind of more sarcastic, funny way, because it's like looking back, you know what, 
did that really, was that really the end of the world? No, let's just Absolutely. have fun yeah. and like make a video. So that's again, like one of the, the cool things about the, the audio visual combination is that, you know, you can feel something and write something uh, in the beginning. And then as time goes by and it's time for a video for that song, you can kind of portray your new emotion about the song. And then together it's kind of more multimedia and that that's really sick. Right. Yeah. Ult- ultimately the, the video for the song just, just, ended up matching up the overall mood of it anyway. So it, yeah. it, it made sense that the time went by and we got time to get a fresh perspective on it too. Right. Now, uh, what about Lacuna? You know, what was that song about and how does that video kind of uh, match the song? Uh, so Lacuna is about uh, essentially meeting somebody and, you know, that initial connection where you feel like you've known that person in the past life. And um, I... Me and Dane both uh, really enjoy and uh, love the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So we kind of pulled some inspiration from that movie because it deals a lot with, you know, erasing someone from your mind and then meeting them again. And, you know, when I wrote the song, it kind of felt like the person that I was writing about, I would say, you know, it really feels like I erase you from my mind and I'm meeting you again. That's the only way I could describe the feeling of knowing this person. And so we started to write the song and it just started to feel right to have a little bit of a, you know, a reference to the, the movie. And, and so the music video reflects uh, quite a few little pieces from that movie. If people ever decide to compare, I think they'll see what we mean. And what about uh, Heaven With You? That's a very uh, emotional song, emotional video is attached to it. You know, tell the story about that song. Um, so Heaven With You was originally a poem, and uh, we kind of just started to jam with it. And I think structurally as a song, it's kind of the most um, outside the box. It's just like three, you know, stanzas, I guess, of, of the poem. And we put it to music, and it felt really right. And then uh, I think it's very much a conclusion and that's why it's on the third EP and it touches on uh, like a narrative that's been going through layers since, since the first EP. And it is definitely like a conclusion to some of the more angry feelings that were before. And that's why it, it is so emotional. And the music video is very simple and that was how we wanted it to be because that song is definitely just a reflective moment where you sit down and you know you feel it out and you cry it out and then you know you have that beautiful moment where that's it just sitting in my room and that's that's what we wanted to portray with the music video just to have people see a really intimate look at like how that felt yeah everyone has those moods so whatever we could do to portray that yeah very just straightforward you know do you think with the three videos that you did for Layers, uh, do you think that was uh, a good representation of the full body of work in a visual aspect? I do, yeah, I do, honestly. It's, it's like, you know, you, you take them out of context and it, they really match up, you know, the volume that they're connected to. And I just right. think, it, 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 you know, it's being that there are three and then, you know, coming from each one, I think it really does showcase what you're getting uh, out of each volume i think it makes a lot of sense to me yeah mood wise it's like all three of the music videos correspond to each ep in the way that we definitely set out to do we uh we Mm -hmm. carefully planned out what each one of these music videos was going to be and making sure that the overall aura and mood of them matches the content and the lyrical things of each ep 
I've noticed, you know, ever since you guys started this project, there, there's been like a lot of the color white in the aesthetic of your visuals. You know, what's the purpose behind mm-hmm. that? Uh, you know, the, the white thing is like, you know, what everything, especially early on, is just very color oriented. Merch was very just, you know, had a color theme for each thing. And I think originally, you know, well, minimal, minimal is just like a thing that we enjoy. Minimal aesthetic, minimal yeah, all kinds right. of things. And I, I think that that is something that played a big part into it of just kind of not, you know, I know white is, is, is a big, something that pops visually, but at the same time, I don't think we were coming at it like we want to pop as much as we want to blend in with uh, all the other aesthetics kind of in the content that we create, you know? It kind of felt like something that we were making ourselves part of whatever other visual we're creating. Yeah, it just kind of makes it feel more like white is more of a blank canvas to me than having more of a darker black aesthetic. Like for us, just having that neutral white, like blank slate, we can put whatever colors on top of it. And uh, it just it felt like the right base for this project. Yeah, like a backdrop even. Yeah, right. Right. What was the sort of recording process like for layers you know what did you work with any producers uh, to make this music uh so we recorded uh, with a guy named uh, bob Curtin, and he's actually an old buddy of mine um who i've been you know recording with pretty much my whole life or uh, my whole musical kind of career i guess um so it, once i moved out to new york and Alexa and i were doing things uh, a couple of years back with the uh, like Love Robot and stuff, uh, I introduced them and he ended up doing some mixes. And he's just been a buddy of mine for a really long time and uh, recording local bands, but he's made his way up and he's, you know, working at Warner now and all that stuff. And he's just like a really great guy. So Alexa and I do, I want to say, mainly produce all our stuff. You know, we demo everything out and then bring it into the studio. And Bob at that point, you know, he's engineering and working with us. And he's just really a great energy to bounce ideas off of. And he's really knowledgeable of, uh, you know, cool sounds that we can, you know, either get from scratch or, um, you know, elaborate on the ones we already have. So he does help us produce and he's just like a, he's just an old buddy. So, you know, he really helped us out with this one. Yeah, we finally had a chance to work with him with a full collection of music, which we, I had never done before. So it was cool. I'm actually moved out to California. So now we're both here and uh, we figured it would only be right to, to start this new chapter with him. It just, it felt really good. Really he, he did a great job. What did you, uh, you know, what was, what did you kind of learn during that recording process working with him? Uh, I think we definitely kind of figured out a little bit more of how to go about getting the the sounds that we want. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we incorporated on layers, although they may sound different from Merge, um, these are things that we wanted since before Merge, but we just right. didn't quite know how to how to you know, execute. So that's the learning curve. Yeah. And that's yeah. Like why it feels so good to be where we are. Cause it's like merge was a great intro and now this is the next thing. And it's like, this is what, this is what we wanted, you know, sonically. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction for us. And it's pretty cool. Being that you have, uh, you know, layers all done, you know, do you have any ideas of what you want to do next? Uh, well, uh, I know we want to practice and play some shows. <laughs> Just play, yeah. some, play some live music, I think. Right. Cool. It's, it's uh, as, as, as kind of old as these songs are, I don't want to say old, but it's been, like I said, two years of writing. Um, there's still a lot of time, I think, left for 
the world to experience them uh, mm-hmm. because I guess this, everything's new to them. So I really want to get that out there and have everybody sit with it and, you know, relate to it. And we're going to start practicing and get playing some shows. Exactly. How do you, how do you feel about, uh, you know, sort of transferring these songs into a live set? You know, how do you go about that? Well, this is, is going to be interesting as well. You're, you're catching us at a time where we're literally on the cusp of about to uh, hibernate a little bit into the world of practicing again, since we haven't played a, we've been, you know, just been focusing so much on layers and recording and finishing and we, Yeah, we like had a big move from across the country. Yeah, we so. moved across the country, all that stuff. So, you know, now that everything's kind of coming out, we're kind of gearing up to, uh, you know, start practicing again and figuring that all that out. And that comes with a lot of bouncing individual like stems from the track we recorded and, and loading the sounds into new pieces of gear. And, you know, so th- there might be a few uh, steps of learning curves there here too, but, uh, you know, we're excited to get into it. Yeah. Super excited. Super excited. When you're not working on any music, you know, what do you guys do in your leisure time? You know, what do you guys kind of do to <laughs> decompress? Well, well, we, we play we play a lot of Mario Kart. We play some that. Mario Kart, honestly, man. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> uh, we I, I've instilled my love for Nintendo onto Alexa uh, <laughs> as much as I possibly can in the last few years. Um, it's it's just something that's never really left me, and she used to make fun of me all the time, and now here we are playing Mario Kart all the time. <laughs> Um, so that's always cool. We like to wind down with stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know. we're kind of we're kind of just we're kind of relaxed people. I don't know. We're always together, also. So we're just goofing off. <laughs> yeah, generally just hanging, Netflix yeah. and all that Netflix stuff. Netflix, yeah. How's it been? You know, making this move to uh, to Los Angeles, Alexa. Uh, it's been very interesting, I have to say. There was a lot of stress beforehand because I am just a ball of stress and I'm a very big control freak. So I had to make sure I had everything in order, you know, all my lists, all my everything. And it was definitely a time. big on list. Time. <laughs> it, was a, it was a time, you know. But I have to say, the second I actually got here, it was like, okay, whew, I can breathe. I'm here. I did it. And, yeah. you know, we found a great apartment and I'm just, uh, loving the weather. It's really wonderful here. I, I'll say this. She hasn't complained once. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good for her. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of her. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, um, <laughs> I won't hold you guys up uh, anymore. Thanks for, uh, you know, chatting with me. Uh, if, um, if anybody wants to check out AirSound online, where can they go? Yeah, yeah airsound.com. That's got everything on it. All of our socials are on there and whatnot, too. Okay. Um, everything is at AirSound, so Twitter, Facebook, everything. Okay, cool. All right, it's been great talking with you, Alexa and Dane. Uh, have a nice day and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So that was my interview with Alexa and Dane of AirSound. Please go support them. Go pick up that uh, that collection of EPs, the Layers Collection. It's on iTunes right now. Go support them. It's really good music. And now... Like always, I'm joined with my co-host, Detroit hip-hop artist, MMA and pro wrestling connoisseur, and Proud Marine V-Styles. What up? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey what, what's going on? Okay, fresh, right? Yeah, man. How you doing? You know, taking it one day at a time. You know how I get down, man. You know, just uh, 
looking at the same shit that everybody else looking at and hearing about and uh you know let's just say in in pugilism times today is uh you know some people look at it as a good day some people look at it as a bad day but i think overall you know it's a spectacle that people may want to see and i'm talking about floyd and connor yep that's the big news uh Today, as we record that, looks like everything is set. August 26th, Las Vegas, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, and uh, it's a spectacle. <laughs> it's going to be something uh, that's going to be, we're going to, this is going to be one of those things that um, casual fans of MMA, casual fans of boxing, and casual fans of everything going to have their expert opinion about for the next two and a half months. Oh, yeah. You know, they, whoo, man, they are, we got some experts out there. Boy. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Man, the experts just came out, like, in full force today now that everything's official. Oh, man, Connor's going to knock him out. Oh, I can't wait to Connor kicks his ass. Oh, I can't wait. Really? Oh, Floyd Mayweather you is just a that? dancer. He just dances around the ring. He he just runs from everybody. And <laughs> look, when I hear that shit, it'll be like he runs. No, he he do- must have he- never seen Muhammad Ali fight. He's doing, you know? <laughs> he's doing the thing that boxers need to do the most, not get hit. Not get hit. I don't, that, that's. <laughs> That's the look. That's the weirdest shit in the world. Like, people want another man or another woman to stand in front of another man or another woman to let them purposely hit them as hard as they possibly can, and then come back with another punch from the other or on another end from the other fighter. This is not rock'em sock'em robots. Right. It's boxing. It is pugilism. It is the art of hitting and not getting hit. Floyd does it better than anybody. When you're talking about defense, he's arguably the greatest defensive fighter of all time. And James Tony is, you know, James Tony in his prime. Um, James Tony is my favorite boxer. I, his defense was second to none. But and they, and him and Floyd, they they have similar, you know, defensive tactics. Man, they're gonna roll that shoulder, and they're gonna counter each time. They're gonna wait on you to do something stupid, and they're gonna counter. Um, Floyd defense is just ridiculous. If Canelo couldn't hit him, if uh, Sugar Shane Mosley got one, I think that's the most solid blow I've seen Floyd take really in his career. Um, yeah. But Floyd Floyd has been able to be successful for one reason and one reason only at this age. He has taken minimal damage. And if you don't believe that's an art form, shame on you. Because, uh, like I said, it's the art of hitting and not getting hit. And when you can stand in a pocket, see a person throwing a certain punch at you, you move ever so swift to either the left or right side. And then you you give one of your own because you're countering that person. 
there's not a man on the planet that does that better. So, right. I don't know what Connor's going to do. Uh, I don't know what, you know, I know 48, 49 other guys had plans and, and, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen <laughs> for them. Um, I don't see, I just don't see any way, you know, Mo said something earlier that, 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 you know, I'm like, yeah, that could possibly happen. But even if that happened, he still could beat him at softball. He, he, he said, well, if Floyd gets hurt during the fight, anything could happen. I just don't see, you know, I don't see how Conor really has a shot. Now, kudos for him for getting the biggest paycheck that he's, you know, going to ever be getting. Right. You know, he, he probably he probably never fights again after this, or he may fight one more time on the biggest pay-per-view of the year for UFC, which is the year-end pay-per-view. Um, sure, he'll be headlining because of who he is. Um, and if that does happen, I can almost guarantee you that it'll be Nate Diaz part three, because you're not going to go for making the type of money that you're making right now with Floyd Mayweather to making the money that you was making before. Right. The only fight that makes sense. And I'm saying it right now, June 14th, the only fight that makes sense for him after Floyd Mayweather is it's the third showdown between him and Nate. You know, that's the, that's the, that's the fight the fans want to see. That's the fight that, that will generate the most interest. And that's definitely the most fight that, that that's, that's the fight that'll get him the most money. So as far as MMA is concerned right now, and it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. He, he's, he's going to make a shitload of money on this, uh, uh, Mayweather fight. His next two. Look, his next two fights, he's going to be, he's going to be set. He's set anyway. Dude made the Forbes list Yeah. for athletes. So he's set on that end. So just imagine you banking $100 million and then you go fight Nate for maybe another, you know, because Connor, Connor is, is, is different. You know, he probably have another. You know, when all when it's all said and done, he get another on the low end or on the high end thirty, forty million dollars. Right. For that fight. With the pay per views and all buys and you know, and all that, man. But yeah, Connor is on the on a whole nother plateau when you're talking about money. It's so sad though that some of these fighters are only getting twenty five hundred dollars, you know, from Reebok. You know, uh, what does that say about who you're paying attention to in your in your company? Um, you got Connor again, I'm happy for him, about to make all this bread and some of your fighters can't even pay their damn bills. That's a damn shame. That's another story. Right. <laughs> yeah, we've talked we've talked about that a lot and it's still it's still the one of the biggest topics in MMA is, you know, fighter pay. And, uh, it, and that's a crazy topic, but no, uh, Connor's about to, you know, just bank on this, and and it's like you can't at, hate on that man. For, look, <laughs> I, I've I've sat and thought about this. If it was you, if it was me, if we were in that position, we would do the exact same thing. 
Yeah. And he's, you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of bread, bro, to be like, fuck that, you know? And everything that um, he said he was going to do, he's done. So he's made happen, at least. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to, you know, come out victorious on this so-called fight, but at least he made the fight happen. Um, you, you should even say, I'm not sure. I'm sure that he's not going to come. <laughs> you, you just, you just don't, you know, and again, and that's not to even clown McGregor on his skill set, because it's not about that, but, um, it's just like, uh, how do I, how, how do I, Okay, uh, you got Hussein Bolt. Yeah. Then you go, then and then you go get Adrian Peterson from the NFL. You go, and you say, hey, Adrian, race Hussein Bolt in hundred mile uh, and 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 hundred meters. Who's gonna win that? Oh, definitely Bolt's gonna win that. Bo's going to win that because that's his area of expertise. No matter how fast Adrian Peterson is on that football field, he's no Hussein Bo. And the same thing if you reverse roles. You put Hussein Bo on that football field, will he be able to do the things that Adrian Peterson does? Probably not because it's physicality involved and you're going to get hit. You know, so... Um, if Floyd was, if this was an MMA sanctioned fight, then all my chips would be on Conor McGregor. But we're talking about boxing. We're talking about two dudes putting gloves on, throwing a left and a right, and keeping it moving. You know, and, you know, since, since I can remember, you know, nobody has done it you know, on a higher level than what Floyd has, uh, you know, for the longest. You know, one of my favorite fighters of all time is Diego Corrales. And I was always a Floyd fan. Um, but Diego Corrales at this particular time was running through people. People were scared to fight Diego Corrales. Um, when Floyd fought Diego Corrales, again, I was a Floyd fan, but Diego was my guy. Right. You know, so, so much, so much that I gave Diego, I gave my son the middle name Diego because of two reasons, because of Diego Corrales and the San Diego Chargers, rest in peace to my San Diego Chargers. But Diego will forever be, you know, in my household because I gave my son that middle name. Right. Um, Floyd blitz. Diego Corrales, man. And that was when I opened my eyes and said, wow, this kid is really that good. And I've been a fan ever since. You know, um, I watched him make dudes on Murderer's Row just look bad. You know, um, I think fight goes seven, eight rounds, Floyd. By knockout, of course. And I also think it's going to be worse than what he did to Arturo Gotti. You know, Arturo Gotti was a tough dude. Right. He had a certain type of skill set. You know, I just don't 
I just don't see, you know, I don't see what they, you know, what what some people see. I, I don't, no fucking, you know, you know what I hear whenever somebody say Connor got a chance against Floyd Mayweather. What's that? I hear I hear Vince McMahon's music. No chance. <laughs> no chance in hell. That's where you got. No chance. Ain't no chance. There's no chance. I don't see it. It would be dope. It would be dope if Triple H walked him out to the ring again. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, that would be. <laughs> yeah, man. But salute to Connor though, because he he about to get that bread. At the end of the day, he's getting his money for him and his family. And, you know, him and his son, newborn son, you know, they, they, can, they can go off in the sunset, man. Like I said, have one more fight in UFC and call it quits, you know. So, you know, um, good for him. You know, people want to say, oh, it's bad for boxing. I bet you nice. Oscar De La Hoya. If Oscar De La Hoya could have put this same fight together, oh he would, he would have did it. Oh yeah, and look, so, and look, this year, so, so Boxy's ha- Boxy's having a good year with the fights that's going on. Definitely much better than oh, last yeah. year. So this is not going to ruin what's already been going on and what's going to continue to go on in boxing this year. Yeah, I just think. Um. Let's see, I got it. Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, see, everybody that knows me know that this shit gonna be murder. Um, yeah, boxing, boxing is definitely, uh, it's having a good year, man. I'm happy. You know, I wish, I wish we had American fighter that I really believed in. I mean, I like DeAndre Wilder, but, you know, um, he's not, what he, in my opinion, he's not what he really thinks he is, man. So he, so he shows me some balance. He's suspect to get knocked out by by somebody like a Klitschko or Anthony Joshua or somebody that has a skill set. You, you, anybody can look like a beast when you when you're beating bums. You know, <laughs> like Mr. Lebowski say, the bums will always lose. So when you're fighting bums, you go get you go get W's. You know, fight somebody on your level or greater than you and find out what your skills are. It's just like, it's just like me, you know, certain people, when I get on records with them, you know, I already have a certain way of how I feel about this person as, uh, or these people as artists. Yeah. All I can do is just try to control what I do and, and it comes out a certain way. You know, to me, Deontay Wilder doesn't even try to, you know, he, he, he fights bums, you know. So until he fights somebody that uh, I feel like is is equal substance, then he'll be second tier to uh, Joshua and Klitschko. Um, but this is definitely a great year for boxing. Um, yeah, I don't want to see Floyd get his 50th win like this. Right. Hell. <laughs> it's kind of a it's it kind is. of a a weird way to get your 50th. Now, how do you celebrate that? How do you celebrate that? It's it's like a, it's like a it's a spectacle. It's like a sideshow. It's like a this is like more like It's this, not a fight. This is more like sports entertainment than an actual Oh yeah. fight, you know. <laughs> this is sports entertainment. This is W 
this is WWE all day. This is WrestleMania. If you, <laughs> if you think, if you think, let's see for the rest of this. Yeah, I'm looking at Andrew's Hill right now. He says, for the next 10 weeks, I got to listen to people explain how an MMA fighter who has never boxed will beat one of the greatest boxers ever. Right. And that's so real. Like, and, you, and the thing is, you have dumb ass. Look, I think, you know, for us, they get it. Yeah, but it has to be frustrating for us. And I'm talking about the ones that really get it. Right. It's frustrating to hear dummies talk about shit that they have no fucking clue about. Like, no diss to women. I love women. Um, but you're going to have that woman that's going to say, oh, Connor's going to win. Okay, why do you think Connor's going to win? Because. Because. And it's like, and it's like they stop at the because. Because what? You can't tell me nothing else after that because you stuck on this what you think Connor can do? Or, or what about yeah, your we, boy? Uh, what about your boy Skip Bayless? Man, <laughs> you know, you know, that's a whole nother conversation within <laughs> itself, man. That motherfucker, man, he don't like Floyd. But then again, you know, my boy said something else about Skip that I didn't, I never thought about. Maybe Skip and Floyd is cool. Maybe they cool. Um, Skip always goes against Floyd. Yeah. Um, he never says he's going to lose or anything like that, but he always goes against Floyd. Like, why? Uh, is, is, it, is it because you're trying to hype up? Like, it's an angle. It got to be an angle. It got to be a backroom angle. When right. it comes to Skip Bayless, always talking about Floyd going to lose because history shows that you're wrong 100% of the time when it comes <laughs> to talking about to work. Floyd To work losing. with him. You know, so where did you get your shit from? And it's like, yeah, he, he got to be doing this shit. This, this, like, is he getting paid to say this whole ass shit? Because, like, are you fucking kidding me? No fucking way, man. No way at all. <sighs> yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a long ten weeks, man. Oh, I feel right. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm 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 happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, I just wish happy you could, I, should, I wish you could just could be sooner, man, or just as soon as possible, just so get it over and done with. Because we've been hearing about this for forever now. I can't I, I I literally can't remember a time when we weren't talking about this spectacle of a fight. Mm. <laughs> All right, turning uh turning into the actual world of MMA, uh, UFC's uh, going to be holding a fight night this weekend on the seventeenth in Singapore, headlined by Holly Holm versus Betch Correa. Who do you think is going to come out on top of that? Because Holly Holm needs this win, man. You know, um, damn the fighting. Just damn the fighting for a minute when it comes to them two. They both had pretty booties. So. <laughs> as my man Walter would say, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. They both 
They have pretty booties. So the first thing I want to see, I want to see the weigh-ins. The weigh-ins, because, you know, even even though Beth's face is, is a disgrace, uh, her booty is, man, man, made me put on skates like I was Tootie. <laughs> man. And Holly Holm, you know, I, I picked you, Holly Holm, to be Ronda Rousey. You made me a, you made me a genius that day, uh, Holly <laughs> Holm. I like Holly Holm, too. Um, this is a pick em fight. Holly Holm is is on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, Beth, Beth, did Beth win her last? Yeah, Beth won her last fight. Um, this still a, this is a pick em fight for me. I don't I don't know who wins. I just want to see great booty. Yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody I I forget where I uh, heard it, but somebody uh um made a good point about Holly Holm. Uh, in comparison to other women fighters and uh from uh you know previous champs or whatever. Uh, you had someone like Ronda Rousey, first loss, she she walks away. Uh, Gina Carano, first loss, walks away. She's on a three-fight losing streak, and she still wants to get in there and make that shit right. So there's a lot oh, to be said about Oh, because she's a fighter. That. Yeah. And she's a fighter. And um, most importantly, I do respect... Holly home, you know, she is on a three fight losing streak, but she getting back up on that horse each time, man, and, and, and saying, bring them on, bring them on. So you got to respect that no matter what. And, uh, hell, you know what? I want to see Holly home win. I want to see both their pretty booties, but I want to see Holly home win. Um, hopefully she can win, you know, with that, that kick that made her famous, you know? Yeah. Um, who's also on that card? Um, you got Andre Arlovsky versus uh, Marcin Tibera. Oh, my man. Uh, the the, the uh, Andre Arlovsky on the fight? Yeah. On the card? Yeah. I fucks, I fucks with Andre. I like Andre. Um, who's the dude he's fighting? Marcin Tibera. Okay, well, Lando about to Google this. Hold on just a second. Here. <laughs> Let's see. Andre Arlovsky. Oh, damn. This dude, he looks like a killer. Hold on a second. <laughs> Have you seen his face? Who? Marcin Tabira. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now, man. He Yeah, he looks like he hey. could... Uh... It looks like he got a Jason Voorhees mask in his locker. <laughs> I don't know what picture you're looking at, but I'm looking at another picture where he just looks kind of demented in the cage. Where he's no, I'm just looking at the official, like uh, the official UFC.com picture. Where probably... Oh, no, I ain't, I, I ain't looking at that, but I'm looking at a whole other picture. Like, okay, I'm not, I'm not even hip to this dude. Okay, so, so War Arlovsky, I'm saying that now. War Arlowski, I fucks with Arlowski. Does he call himself the pit bull? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He still wear the fangs, right? I'm not sure if he's still wearing the fangs, yeah. but... Yeah, 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 he does. He does. His mouthpiece look like fangs. 
you got to see it when he, whenever you see him like, you know, open his mouth. You see the, I call him fangs because it looked like he was like Dracula. Right. Know? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Arlowski fan. I fuck with Arlowski. I never forget getting that pay per view that uh, what was the name of that clothing company that uh that came out uh. And they still make clothes to this day for MMA fighters. Um, help me out. What the? Uh, uh, affliction. Affliction? Affliction. Yeah. affliction had an MMA card. Their first annual card featured Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky versus Fedor Emelianenko. Oh. Okay? Now, Arlovsky was winning this fight. And all of a sudden, he jumped up in the air, went for a punch, or or he jumped up and went for a knee, I believe. And it was like Fedor was waiting on him to come down. And as he, <laughs> as he jumped up in the air, Fedor punched him mid air. Ooh. And knocked him and knocked him out while he was in the air. And all you seen was him. All you seen was his body crumbling down. You seen his body crumbling in the air, coming down to the mat, and the fight was over. Oof. I'll never forget that shit. Never forget that shit. I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little mad, man. I'm supposed to be in New York uh, right now, man. My boy's supposed we supposed to be getting ready for Ryan Baker right now, man, but... It didn't work out that way, so it is what it is. We need to get together next week, man. Watch these Bellator pay per views. Yeah, that day I got um, I'm DJing my friend's wedding that day, but it's I think it's earlier in the day and evening. So I think by the time the, uh, the end of the you know the prelims into the um pay per view comes, I sh- I'd probably be free. I'll hit you up. Yeah, let's get it, man. We need, we need to do that. Yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, this past weekend, uh. What'd you think about the uh, Derek Lewis Mark Hunt fight? Uh, Mark Hunt uh, um, gets the TKO in the fourth round. Uh, he kind of he, he he kind of you know you know was he he was sort of uh, what's the word patient throughout that uh, whole fight, and then just go in there and uh, like gangbusters and uh, came up with the victory. Well, it's pretty much how I saw the fight. I saw the fight as Lewis losing his cardio by the second, third round, which he did. Yeah. And Mark Hunt sitting back waiting because they both they both monsters with, with their hands, Mark being the better of the monsters. But I just figured that Mark wasn't going to – I mean, he probably was going to bang with him, but I don't think he was going to really put himself in real danger nah. to – you know, he waited that shit out, man, and it, it was the perfect it was the perfect game plan. It, it was the exact game plan. I thought if you go back to my Twitter, you look at my Twitter. You know, I think in the second round or first round, I say he's going. I said Lewis is going to gas, and sure enough, he gassed. But then he said he had back problems. So, you know, um, I like. Um, you know, Derek Lewis is one of them dudes to where you I, I wanna see the, I wanna see him do good. Right. You know. Um he lost a fight. 
I think over um, emotion wise, he he said something that he didn't really mean as far as you know retiring or whatnot, and I totally get that. Um, I'm happy for Mark Hunt. He's here to fight another day. Um, I I I wouldn't want to want to see Mark Hunt gone from the heavyweight division, man. I think it would be boring without Mark Hunt. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. Uh, I. I just wanna, I want to see some good. Some, I, I want to see him. It would be nice to see him get a get that last chance at a shot, man. Because you just never know with them with that dude's hands. You know, his hands are every fucking thing, man. So, um, salute Mark Hunt. I, I like Mark Hunt. You know, he's every he's one of the dudes. That's, you know, he's a fighter. He's was right about MMA. Um, and salute Derek Lewis, man, for taking his L like a G. Um, congrats to him, you know, as far as him getting married. You know, I don't know if it's this weekend or, you know, whenever it is, but congrats yeah. to him. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to leave this out. And I thought that Travis Brown was a little bitch for coming out saying that whole ass shit after – you got not like you got knocked out by Derek Lewis. Like he knocked <laughs> right. you out. So, he, right, man. He waits until so, so you. <laughs> he waits you, until he loses. <laughs> you wait, yeah. You wait till this dude lose before you all of a sudden come out the blue and just say this little slick ass shit. Man. Like, dog, you a sucker for that, man. You you a straight sucker for that, man. You you look like you stalk, sucker stalking over there with Ronda Rousey, man. You got big <laughs> ass tree trunk legs, and you know, um, you know. I used to like what's his name, Hopper, Hopper, Hoofer. Yes. Hopper. Yeah. Hopper. Yeah, I used to thought I used to think he was cool. I used to think he was cool, man. I used to fuck with him, man. Just fuck with him. But then he started. Training with Edmund and Dayton Ronda. Look at him now. Right. What has man. happened to you since, huh? Right, man. Mm-hmm. You know, went from sugar to shit real quick. And why would you challenge that dude to a rematch when he knocked you the fuck out? Like he knocked you the fuck out. Like rot. Like knocked you out. And then <laughs> look, look. And then Derek Lewis was like, "Yeah, I want to." That fine ass Ronda Rousey, like he talks shit about your woman after he knocked you out. Yeah, and you didn't say like, shit until now. Didn't. You said what? And he didn't say shit until now. And, and you ain't say shit until now. <laughs> how, how am I gonna respect you? How we gonna respect you? Come on, Travis. Travis, you know. You talk all. You want to talk shit after he loses. You know, like, come on, man. That's some sucker shit, man. Real G's don't do that shit. Right. You know, if you're going to lose, lose with dignity and still be on your on your G shit. Don't wait until a motherfucker's in a bold position to talk your shit. You can take an L and still be talking your shit. You took an L and was quiet for months. That's, yeah, I can't fuck with that, dude. That, that's, that's not cool. That's not being a G. That's being... I ass clown, as my boy Chris Jericho would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. 
Uh, on some good news in the uh, over in the Bellator world, uh, they just uh, signed up both Moronello and Mike Goldberg to become on the, the announce team. Moronello and Goldberg, come on down! Yeah, that's right. You are. We are welcoming the next contestant to Bellator MMA. That's what the fuck I'm talking about, man. As you can see. I'm more privy to uh, Bellator because I have friends over there that love V and V loves them. So um, I don't know if people are really paying attention, but guess what? Bellator is starting to look like Strike Force 2.0. Dude, yes. It's starting to look. <laughs> it's start. It's looking way better than when Beyond was there. Man. And it just proves Scott Coker's genius. And in my opinion, and this is my opinion, Scott Coker is a way better president than Dana White. Way better. And the thing I like about Scott Coker, he's professional. You never see him on no Hollywood shit. Every yeah. time I've seen him, he's showing me love. Um, he treats like you've never heard a fighter. Think about this. You've heard fighters come out and say whole ass shit about Dana White. Right. You've heard a lot of fighters come out. You've never heard one bad thing ever about Scott Coker. Right. Even Rampage, even Rampage, you know, when all his stuff was going on with the lawsuits and da 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 and Bjorn had promised him this, and he didn't really know Scott Coker, but as time went on and he came back to Bellator, he was like, you know what, Scott Coker is cool. So for Rampage to say that, you know, that, that you know, Rampage don't give it up. You know what I'm saying? He gave it up to Scott Coker. Man, I don't, you don't hear nobody saying nothing bad about Scott Coker, man. And no, that, when I go, when, when I'm at Bellator events, Every fighter that are, that, that are that is fighting for Bellator are genuinely happy. It's the same thing when he had Strike Force. I remember. Look, this real shit right here. I'm about to, I'm about to break some history down to y'all right now. <laughs> Do it. I can remember. I can remember when I went to go see Mo fight, uh, and this is around the time. Like me and Mo, we, we were friends, but this is when I first, you know, I took a road trip to Cincinnati to see him fight Roger Gracie. And this is our first time meeting each other. We talk to each other, you know, a lot, but this is our first time meeting each other. Yeah. And right after he knocked out Gracie and after the fights, um, he called me. He was like, man, meet me here. And I went back to his room. And in the lobby, I met Antonio Bigfoot Silva, and I met a fighter that was probably four, five, and zero, either either four and zero or five and zero at the time. That was extremely humble. Um, nobody knew who this dude was. All you knew is, damn, this dude just beat Antonio Silva. Yeah. Today he's the light heavyweight champion of the world. Dave Cormier. He oh. was. You know, I'm talking about I've never seen a fighter that genuinely, I'm talking about 
you know, when you like doing some shit. Right. You know, I'm, you, you, I've never seen a fighter not being happy with Scott Coker. So that says a, a lot about what's going on, on over there. And, you know, y'all better start paying attention, man, because the game is changing. It is changing for the better, at least on the Bellator side. Can't say too much about UFC, but on the Bellator side, everything is looking great. And considering the fact that, hypothetically, Ronda never fights again. After Mayweather, Conor never fights again. Who is your star over there? Right. <laughs> right. Like, who really is the star, man? And Who is the star? You're hoping a returning GSP can, can get you that love again, but a lot of fans have moved on from the GSP era. So new fans now will tune in and be like, who is GSP? Which is dumb. But new fans now will tune in not knowing – what we know about GSP's history with the UFC, you know, so it's uh, it's it's gonna be some trying days for UFC real soon, and I've been saying this forever, especially since Scott Coker took over the realm or the reins uh, from from beyond. Um, Bellator is not far away. Not far away at all from being being that organization. They not they not far away. And keep this in mind as well. Every champion or number one, two, or third ranked contender that's over in uh, UFC right now, those are all Scott Coker fighters. Right, Ronda Rousey's the. The Alice Overeem's, the Daniel Cormier's, the Teron Woodley's, the, uh, let's see here, the Luke Rockholes, the Jocker Rays, the, you know, uh, we can go on and on. Um, the, you know, I just heard Damian Maya got hurt, but then you, you got Masvidal, but they offered uh, Teron Whitley match it off. He's a strike force fighter. Like the strike, like Scott Coker fighters are the shit over in UFC right now because they Dana inherited them fighters from purchasing strike force. But those are Scott Coker signings. Yeah. So I'm telling you, we ain't too far away from seeing a change in the game, and people are going to wonder what happened to UFC. You know, and their fan base is going to trickle over. Well, they're trickling as we speak, man, because I'm telling you, you don't get rid of, you know, Morinello or Goldberg, man. Those, those, that's like getting rid of Howard Cosell for Monday Night Football. I wouldn't be surprised when Joe Rogan contract ends, he's over at Bellator. Right. Yeah, that could happen. Think about that. That could happen. That could fucking happen. You know, so... Scott Coker know what it, what he's doing. He's low key about it, and uh, like I said, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I've been down. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm glad. Ain't nothing like walking to an event and they like, hey, what up, B? What's going on? Hey, <laughs> yeah, you gotta hang. 
Yeah, we, we, you got to hang out with me a little bit more, man. Uh, when 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 Mo uh, recover, man. Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on as far as like what they offer him first, man. But you got to you got to come out of town, man, with me a little bit more, man. I think we'll have a blast. That and I was just thinking about that because I was like, you know, when I go out to like, I've been to a couple UFC events and a couple Bellator events, uh, um, past year. And it's just like when you're just out in the crowd with the, you know, the regular, like, casual fans, going to those mm-hmm. events are kind of annoying. I've, I've mm-hmm. come to realize it. Like, everybody that I'm always seated around, I'm always just, like, just rolling my eyes the whole time. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I really want to go to another event live unless I have, like, a really sweet hookup. Like, if I'm cage side or something. Like, do, do. <laughs> because I don't know if I can take a, being around these other people, man. Like at these events, man, they're it, just too much. It is the only way to go. <laughs> like if me and you hypothetically, if we just with the bad some tickets, then it'd be me and you. We will enjoy it because we're on the same page. Right. Um, being down at K like I can't even express. I, I've been. Like I'm generally K side for 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 all the events, um, whether I'm with Mo, you know, you know, uh, being a, a part of the team as far as you know, uh, cornering him. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm I'm always somewhere close proximity, you know, because you know you're still part of the team, you're just in right. a different area. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a little different now because I don't. Like, I haven't been, like, the whole fan shit for a minute that it's like, wow, I might get mad. I'm like, man, I ain't used to this shit, man. What? I've, I've gotten spoiled a little bit. So it's a, it's totally different. Yeah, I don't it's know if you can handle it up in, the, uh, up in the upper bowl or lower bowl in those places, man, with those people up there, man. They, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but, but you but, but you know what? You know, I mean, the, the cool thing cool thing is I know some people there, and they always make it cool for me, man. So I legit when know, I went to when um, I went to, to uh, the UFC, uh, what was it, two oh nine in Buffalo? There was times when I literally uh-huh. had to go get out of my seat and go walk around because I had to get away from the people I was sitting around. Oh yeah, yeah. See, and that's the thing, man. Like, um, somebody recently just came out and said MMA fans are stupid, and I totally agree with them. Um, who the fuck said that, dude? Even even somebody, Demetrius Johnson said that in his in his rant. You know? Yes, that's who. What, what was it? Who was it? DJ. Yeah, it was DJ. DJ said, said that. that. <laughs> like, he's so fuck. He's right. He's right. He's right. Uh, and. I think when people read that, they may take that shit to heart like you talking about me. If you understand the sport and if you understand, like, I've always looked at the fighter. You have to look at it from a fighter's perspective. And when you're not looking at it from a fighter's perspective, when you're not understanding the rules, and when you're not when you're just there just to see some old movie shit or some clown shit, he's right. He's 100% fucking right. 
it's the worst, like one of the worst things in the world when you're passionate about something and then you got somebody on the side of you who don't have a fucking clue, but yet they want to act like they know what the fuck's going on. It's like, shut the fuck up. You have no clue. It's like, I'm back on my boy Walter. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your fucking element. That's how I feel <laughs> when, you know, I talk to these people. Because it's like, man, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You know, are you? I, I've, had, I've, sat, I've sat next to people and they said slick shit about Mo. And I look at them, and then they keep going on and on. I'm like, Bob, shut the fuck up. You don't know this, dude. You don't know. You don't know. So shut the fuck up. Well, who are you? I'm the Mo Police, damn it. <laughs> you know, you have to tell them shit like that. You know, right, but man. MMA fans are, they, they, they stupid. Like, Kelly, <laughs> me and you talking, we on the same page because we're, this is the shit that we enjoy. So, right. You know, we sit back and and we look at shit from a different perspective. And that's that's what I have to explain to people, you know. Like, I don't look at it from a fan's perspective. Like, I, when I'm looking at a fight, I'm looking at a fight like I'm, I'm judging the fight. Like, I'm really, okay, yeah, that was a clean shot. Oh, yeah, he got that round. You know, I'm yeah. looking at it. I'm judging it just like you are. You're judging that round. Right. The, t- the typical person is like, knock him out! Like, man, shut up, dude. Shut the fuck up. Do you know what goes into a knockout? Is this not... Or like booing them when... Uh, shit up. Booing them when they're in the clinch. Oh, I or hate doing, that. Or all that I stuff. I hate that. Oh. I hate it. That shit bothers the fuck out of me. Like, why are you booing? Right, right, man. Right. Like, are you fucking kidding? Wrestling is a part of MMA, dumbass. You know? Or... When you know somebody's style is the exact opposite of another person's style, so that person is not trying to get caught up in that. Like, nobody wants to see Damian Maya, or, you know, with jujitsu. You don't want to see that. So you're going to do everything you can do to avoid that shit. Right. But the typical motherfucker not going to understand that because they think all the motherfuckers doing is laying on a person or... This, that, and other. It's like, wow, you're a fucking douche, man. You have no fucking clue, man. No fucking clue. And, you know, I can't remember a time where I was that person. You know, now we're all blue when we come into something new for the first time. Yeah. But from day one, from day one, I was a sponge. I wanted to know, like, there's nothing like looking at a, a fight whether it be boxing or or MMA or even professional wrestling, I think all I think because they all together. But if I wanted to be a fucking announcer, I could announce a fucking fight because I can articulate what's going on in that cage or in that boxing ring or in, in that square circle when you're talking about wrestling. Most of these people can't do that shit. You can do it because you know what you're looking at. Some people don't know a headlock from a camorra. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it just it's just bad man but yeah we DJ is a, speaking of DJ what do you think um, what's your what's your take on what went down with him and Dana that that is so weird see Dana did did something that he's done before where at one time he was like oh man he's the uh, 
But now that he's kind of going against them, like Dana's like changing his mind, going, "Oh no, oh, no, he's Conor, not." Conor, Conor Conor is. Number one, he'll fight anybody. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, that, exactly. That's so. That's so fake, man. Hey, from, from from Dana. And listen, this is why I love you, Kelly, because you you be on the same. You we be on the same <laughs> shit. But go ahead. <laughs> no, but no, it, it, it's so fake, man. The, the the moment that DJ starts coming out and talk, you know, talking about what he doesn't like and everything, and actually saying all the stuff that makes sense about it, that he's that is against what Dana White's all about. All of a sudden, he wants to change his tune and be like, "It's like it's like Dana White's being like a woman or something, like a like a bad girlfriend, you know." Yeah, you know, do as I say. But he's to me the same dude that he always was, man. Right. Do as I do, do as I say, and not as I do. He's that type guy. And those type of bosses are the worst bosses because imagine, like, this is how I look at life. Um, either you're a boss or you got a boss. But hypothetically. You're a boss, and you say, "Hey, uh, I need you to go over there and pick up them chairs and place them against the wall." You'll do that because you know your boss that just asked you to do that is doing it with you. It's all about a setting. It's all about setting the examples, right? And if you're not setting the examples for the for for your fighters. And your fighter go out and do something, and then you do the same shit, but yet you want to crucify this dude over here for doing it. It's like, wait a minute, motherfucker, you just called this female a douche on Twitter. See, I think you know this. I talk about this shit a lot, but <laughs> Dana, to me, Dana, um, Dana just be on some bullshit, man. Be on some whole ass shit, man, and it, it shouldn't have to. It shouldn't, shouldn't be. I'm still, you know, you know where I'm gonna go with this, but I'm still mad about that other shit. But, but Dana don't. He just don't be right, man. It, it's like if you on his, if you on his good side, then he love you to death. But if you on his bad side, oh my god, man! How does a person like DJ ever get on anybody's bad side? Right, like. I've 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 never met this dude ever, but he's probably the most likable guy that you see on television. Right, he's been and he's been well, MMA wise. Yeah, he's been like a total company man this whole time. He's, he's that, that he's making history, you know, and he wants to. Uh, it's it's so it's so frustrating. Be like, yo, this guy's making history right now, and you want to you know mess with him and everything? Shit. Yeah, but you know, yet kind of about to make a hundred million bucks, but you want to dog DJ out about some whole ass shit, man. How about um? How about doing right by your people? How about um not offering your friends title shots when they've never fought in the flyweight division? You know, he would have, Dana would have a way better argument had this dude ever had a fight in the flyweight division. 
He has never fought in the flyweight division. So why the fuck? You know, I mean, if I was DJ, I would feel the same way, man. I would feel the same way, man. It's just, it's just some bullshit. It's just some straight bullshit. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, moving to the to the world of pro wrestling. Uh, one of your favorite pro wrestlers, Johnny Mundo, just got engaged <laughs> to fellow Lucha Underground wrestler Taya Valkyrie. Wait a minute. You say Johnny Mundo. Are we talking about my boy? Yeah. John Morrison. Who's the name? Yes! <laughs> that dude. Yeah, he just got engaged for, with uh, fellow uh, Lucha Underground star Taya uh, Valkyrie. Is he still champion over there? Yeah. Or was he champion last season? No. Or he's, he's still, still champion? No, he's still champion. Uh, they just came back... Uh, the um their tonight was uh, as we're recording this tonight was their uh their third episode back i'm not sure what happened tonight but um the first two uh episodes he was having a um uh, um they actually had two weeks of fights with him against uh the mac the first week it was uh ba- uh it was uh basically an a um well they kept on calling it an all night long match but it was they're gonna fight uh, as long as the, the show goes on, and whoever gets the um, um, most pinfalls wins and is the new champion. But at the end of the show, they both were tied at two uh, pinfalls each. So the next week, they continued it with a basically all you know sudden death, all um, you know falls count anywhere match between him and the Mac, and and uh, Johnny Mundo ended up winning. But uh, yeah, he's still the champion Look, in uh, Lucha Underground. I think the WWE dropped the ball by letting that talented guy go. Oh, and uh, definitely. You know, he's one of my favorite dudes, man. Uh, man, Morrison was the man. Whew. The shit. I'm glad he's having success over there in Luchador. Good for him. Um, I'm about to catch up on on the Luchador uh, program. I haven't seen it in a minute, but I'm glad he's champion over there. And um, yeah, I'm, matter of fact, I'm uh, I'm gonna download some shit tonight so I could uh, tune into it in the morning. And uh, yeah, before and now before we close out this week's podcast, uh, this weekend is uh, the Money in the Bank pay per view from WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a bunch of stuff happening. We got the uh, the rematch between Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. Um, and then we have the... I Ma- am the true <laughs> Maraja! <laughs> uh, and then we have the Money in the Back ladder, ladder match between Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, D- Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke Nakamura. And then we have mm-hmm. the tag team title match between the Usos versus the New Day. And then we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match between Becky Lynch... Charlotte, Natalia, Tamina, and Carmella. And then we have a SmackDown women's match between Naomi and Lana. How the fuck did Lana even... Like, are you fucking kidding me? Have We haven't even seen her in a wrestling match. Like, how the fuck Dude, that's do gonna... you get a... <laughs> that's going to be a shit show. 
horrible. Unless unless Lana titties pop out or uh, she's showing some ass, you know, nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares, man. Look, I'm going to save WWE some real time right now. Go ahead and give that woman's title to the greatest woman wrestler out today. And not that broad over on Raw. But we're talking about hey, Charlotte Flair. I know where that Woo! shade. I know where yeah, that. I know you know. I know where that shade <laughs> was pointed at, and I don't appreciate you besmirching Woo! the name of of Alexa Bliss. I'm, oh my God, Alexa! Miss me with Alexa Bliss. Oh. But that's on. But that's on Rob. This is a SmackDown pay per view. We'll see. Oh. It'll probably end up being Charlotte that uh, wins the money in the bank. That would be fun if she did. It makes sense. It makes sense. She should have been the first dual champ. She should have been the first Raw SmackDown Women's Champion of uh, Raw Not Alexa Bliss. She didn't pay no duels. Um, uh, I'm hoping that AJ Styles wins, but I think they go screwing the game. <laughs> Right and uh, yeah, and since uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who's gonna get, who's gonna win this Money in the Bank because on SmackDown this week this week uh, they had Shinsuke, you know, go up there and grab it. So that's usually indication that he he's not gonna win. <laughs> so, oh, indeed. <laughs> so we'll see. Like, I don't know. I think I think I think AJ Styles might actually. But then again, man, I don't know where uh it it's going to be weird seeing who wins this money in the bank because we also have this thing kind of lurking around of uh of uh John Cena coming back as a quote-unquote free agent. And um I'm not sure where that's going to uh head if that's going to if he's going to just be somebody who goes on both shows. What does that mean that's, against the? That, that's that that's the rumor that he's gonna be able to go through both shows. And what does that mean for his like, his uh, you know, is he gonna be a part of the uh, the the title picture? Um, which title is he gonna be going? I don't know. We'll see about what that actually means. But you know what? I don't even care. You know, the only thing I care about, I care about. Oh, John Cena sucks. John <laughs> Cena sucks. sucks. And you know what? <laughs> to be one hundred, to be one hundred with you, I like John Cena. Right. I like John. I like John Cena because no matter what you want to say, that dude elevated that United States title back to some shit that was meaningful. Oh yeah. Um. He he has great matches all the time. He never has a bowl ass match. So I, I I like John Cena, but I think the John Cena that I grew up with was, you know, the word life dude. <laughs> you know, the dude Right. You know, the dude the the dude that would come to the that would walk to the ring and freestyle off the top. The dude that recorded with my brother Bumpy Knuckles, you know, uh, 
doing Mr. T shit, the A-team shit, video. That's the John Cena that I like. And John Cena got bars, man. Don't ever think that that motherfucker can't spit because I've been told stories. I've heard shit. I've heard records that ain't never been released by for, by John Cena that, record, that he recorded, you know, for his first album. I've heard shit that ain't been released, courtesy of my dude Bump. And he got skills, man. So and I, I, I genuinely like John Cena, man, but... I just think I just I just think his character sucks as far as like you know not sucks as in like I don't like the fruity pebbles colors I don't like all that corny shit man but <laughs> you can't deny that you know when he's wrestling you're gonna get you're gonna have a four or five star match I, I I like and more importantly I love what he do for kids man um. He does a. He's done more Make a Wish appearances than anybody, right? That you can think of. And I read this. And, um, and that's from. And, and I read this. Uh, this this uh, quote from him before, kind of uh, answering people who says that he buries talent, and he said, and his response to that was, he's like, when I when I kind of when I do programs with these. Um, this younger talent, I let them do anything that they want with me. And we elevate each other at the same time. The problem is after we get done with that program, they don't know how to move on or they feel too comfortable in what they, uh, and what, what happened during that time. And they never evolve past that. So it looks like I'm burying Mm -hmm. them. But the problem is, once I kind of step away from it, they don't do anything to progress. I agree with that. I agree with that. Oh, definitely. You know, you're not you're not gonna make or break John Cena. You know, John Cena is gonna be John Cena regardless. Um, wrestlers don't know how to. They don't know how to. You know, he's right. They don't know how to move forward after. You know, after, you know, having, you know, a segment with John. And that's not his responsibility because he's going to move on to what he's supposed to do next. You know, um, good dude, man. I, I respect his ability, man. I don't like the character, but <laughs> I respect. I definitely love, the, love, I love and respect what he do, you know, as far as these kids are here. That's, that's number one for me. Word, definitely. All right, that's about it for this week's uh, Fresh of the Word. V-Styles, uh, tell them where they can find you online. Yeah, y'all can reach me at Twitter, forward slash uh, V-Styles, V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. Same exact thing with the Facebook, um, forward slash, uh, Facebook and, and uh, Instagram, forward slash V-S-T-Y-L-E-Z. You can also hit me up on my official verified page at Official V Styles, Facebook.com forward slash Official V Styles, V S T Y L E Z. And, you know, hit me up. Let's talk. Let's have a little fun. Let's get some dialogue, real honest shit, man. And if any of you fucks out there think 
that Connor has a chance. Just, you know, come up with a number. Make it light on yourself. You know, I, I'm not here to, you know, I don't want to take your whole check or whatever you got, man, but <laughs> I'm willing to bet. I'm, will, I'm willing to bet shit that I ain't got. That's how confident that I am. I'm confident that there is no chance, no chance in hell <laughs> that Connor pulls this off. If Connor pulls this shit off, he instantly becomes probably the great one of the greatest fighters of all time. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, that's about mm-hmm. it. All right, bye. Peace out, my people. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.